This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And joining us today, once again, Uncle George from Florida Hockey Now, George Richards. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. What's up, fellas? What's going on? So we uh, we obviously needed to start with the most important uh, the most important question right now. Ever since uh, ever since the nineteenth of November, something very important happened, and I need I need to know, George, are you playing Pokemon Shining Pearl or Pokemon Brilliant Diamond? Uh, what are my choices? <laughs> Shining Pearl or Brilliant Diamond, George? Which po- which of the new Pokemon games are you playing? Are those uh, slot machines at the Hard Rock? Or... <laughs> okay. Shining Diamonds. I've, I've seen that uh, slot machine before, but I don't know about the other one. <laughs> George brings up an excellent point. Now that, like, you know, millennial culture is in, how is there not a sponsored Pokemon slot machine at this point? Uh, because Pokemon has very interesting feelings on gambling. It's actually why they removed the game corner from their games. Uh I think the last game with a game corner was probably might have been Gen Four, the original Diamond Pearl and Platinum. Might have actually this been is the, the, the might, come, might have been the, the Panther remakes in Generation Three. Good, though it's been it's been stuff. a long time is the point. Uh, no, George, that's how Alex and I have been spending our free time lately. But uh, we, of course, want to uh, want to make sure we we talk enough hockey with you also. Uh, so the actual real, uh, real thing on, uh, on everybody's mind right now, obviously the Panthers still the top team in the Atlantic, uh, but their well, position in the game. league, yes, the, uh, the, their position in the league, however, is starting to slip away a little bit. And the big issue right now is that, uh, that power play. Um, so what are you seeing from this team right now? Like, obviously the power play is not working. We have the expected goal stats to back it up. It's not just that they're not scoring, like they're not generating, uh, what what are you seeing? What do, what would you uh, what do you think the Panthers are trying to fix it? If anything, what's uh, what's going on there, George? They're they're trying to become you know at least a little more cohesive on the power play, and you know we, we didn't we haven't seen a whole lot of that, but now they're mixing and matching, and you're seeing different players coming in, coming out. Um, you know they're just trying to throw anything at this, and we you know we talked about it at the beginning of the year that there's just too much talent out there for the Panthers not to find success and they still haven't found it. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you do other than just keep at it and keep trying to find something new. Um, I know people have talked about Gus Forsling maybe going up there. I know they've worked on him in the past, not this year, but you know, last year they, they tried Forsling 
um, on the power play, at least in some practices. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you know, you, you've got to try, try something. Um, when Barkov comes back, that'll obviously help. But, you know, they weren't very good when Barkov was in there. But you, you saw in practice today, they were working on all kinds of crisp, you know, moving quickly. You know, you see how Carolina attacked Florida last year. One of the teams that, that, that really had a lot of success at stopping the Panthers on the power play last year was Carolina. Um, and we saw we've seen a couple teams really attack Florida. Um, I think some people have been watching some tape. So Florida's going to have to change th- some things up if they want to find sustained success. Yeah. And what I'm thinking about now is something that one of our previous guests suggested, which is Aaron Eckblad's effectiveness as a quarterback. But more or less, their suggestion was what about putting him closer to the net? What do you think of that idea? Do you think that well, Eckblad could be effective there? Well, you also want somebody back in case, you know, you, you know, the puck gets back into the back into the neutral zone or, you know, moving backwards. You usually like to keep a defenseman in the back. Right. right. So you like to keep a def- defenseman up top. Um, you like his big shot. I, I think you could also use Mackenzie Weger there. Um, they haven't. Um, nobody's used Weger on the power play, you know, a little bit last year for the first time. I think Weger would be worth a look. Um, yeah, I think you like that big shot because, you know, like, like, like Aaron Eckblad said in the preseason was, you know, he can surprise you, you know, you think he's, he's passing it around, he's distributing the puck and then wham, he blasts one through, he's got a shot that can get through traffic. If you're just looking through, you know, looking for rebounds and looking for something up front, it, at least Eckblad shot gives you a chance at that. The one in thing I am opinion. worried about though, on the power play is that at least in my guest's opinion for that episode, which was Jack Han, who used to be an assistant coach with the Toronto Marlies and was player development with the Maple Leafs also, uh, was that Ekblad is seen as the shooter on the power play. So mm-hmm. perhaps on at five-on-five, five, teams are not necessarily expecting him to, for example, that curl and drag goal he scored against Nashville last year, that caught everybody by surprise, I'm sure. But on the power play, I think that is one of the things, like you said, People are getting used to what they're doing there. And one of the things that they're ready for is the shot, uh, the pass funneled up to Ek, or yeah, Ekblad for the one-timer. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, yeah, I, you know, he doesn't, but he doesn't even shoot it that much. That's the thing. I mean, he hasn't been surprising anybody because he hasn't been shooting it a whole lot. So um, I, I've been okay with, with Ekblad's passing. Um, I, I would, you know, wouldn't mind putting him on the half wall, putting him at, you know, three or four, see what happens, but you know, I, I don't know. They're, they're working on it. You know, like they said, in, uh, you know, in slap shop, we're working on it. The Panthers are working on it in practice. They were out there early today. Uh, eventually it'll start clicking. Uh, it should be a top 10 power play in the league right now. I think they're at the bottom third. Um, you know, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see how it ends up. Yeah. I mean, the analytics have the Panthers, I think at 31 of 32 teams, in terms of expected goals for a while on the power play. And obviously that's just not good whatsoever. And last year they were top five pretty much all year in terms of expected goals for at five on four. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't think it's just Yandel out Ekblad in uh, is causing that much of a drop off. It's just not possible. Even, you know, even you, even if you're losing one, you know, a top 10 distributor for Ek, and then, you know, with Yandel now and Ekblad, um, 
it's just weird how it's just not working. And even when Barkov was healthy, it didn't work. Uh, and I mean, part of the problem is it's exasperated. Like the Panthers are getting killed injury wise right now. You know, Barkov's obviously week to week declares now out like all these guys who you would like would want to put in on your power play. They're now hurt. Speaking of that, Gustav Forsling, he's now out. Right. And I also want to point out that the Flyers power play is in the same neighborhood as the Panthers this year. S- similarly horrific. So I'm not sure. If yeah, and Yandel's not even on it. Yandel's not even really on their power play. If you saw the, the game the other night here in Florida, Yandel was out there for like a total of like 10 seconds. So, um, you know, they're not even using Ekblad up top. So, Yandel. Ekblad, I'm sorry, Yandel. My yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also, it's just so rare to see a team that's so dominant five on five not be able to keep it together with the man advantage also. You'd think that if if you're if you're so good at controlling the game when you have the same amount of players that it would be easier to do it when you have fewer opponents to to deal with you. So, yeah, just very frustrating all around from the Panthers power play. And I mean, it kind of has been the difference a little bit in some of the games that they've lost, uh, which which is starting to uh, starting to affect the standings a little bit. Uh, The Panthers are still obviously in a very good position. Um, as far as, I mean, their playoff, their, their ability to make the playoffs is not exactly in jeopardy. Um, yeah, like TJ kind of mentioned earlier, Toronto did take a points lead on them, but the Panthers were only two points back on them with two games in hand. And that's for first place in the, in the division again, as opposed to normally when Panthers fans are talking about, oh, two points back with games in hand, we're shooting for a wild card spot. (laughs) So still a very fortuitous position for the Panthers to be in. Uh, but as we as we uh, cross over that quarter mark of, uh, of the season, George, I know you just wrote uh, an article about the quarter mark for the Panthers and uh, what needs to improve and what they've done well. Uh, just, to, just to tease the listeners a little bit, uh, what, uh, what kinds of things did you talk about in that article? Obviously, don't go into too much detail because we want to make sure they read it. But uh, yeah. let's, let's just talk about kind of what, what you see uh, at that 25% mark through the season so far. Well, obviously, the goaltending has been terrific. Um, you know, I, I think that was a little bit of a question mark coming into this season. Yeah. Um, and and Sergei Bobrovsky has obviously exceeded expectations. <laughs> I think Spencer Knight has been as good as we thought he would be. Um, you know, if, if Spencer Knight had to step in as the starter, I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. Uh, although you would be like, oh, man, Bobrovsky's hurt. So I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't have said that three, two months ago. But um, Bobrovsky's been great. Um, you know, aside from the power play, I think everything else has been fine. I think they, 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 they haven't been taking too many penalties um they they've been good defensively um this is a pretty cohesive bunch i mean even with the injuries none of none of them seem to be you know all that major you've lost nola chari for the long term now you've lost marcus nudavara with what you know a freak injury so you know other than that though you know you're missing sasha barkov you're still holding sway you're you know you're doing fine and then that's the beauty part about getting off to a good start you're able to survive some of this yes toronto's coming up um but i think you know the panthers are still in a pretty pretty darn good spot yeah and who knows what toronto is ever going to do um and and they still they haven't played yet so you still have games against they don't even play until march which is right so 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 much can happen between now and then 
um, good and bad, right? I mean, who knows? Who knows what the world will bring? And, and you know, uh-huh. then you're going to have that long Olympic break. Florida certainly yeah. did not come out of that break well uh, in 2020. You know, it, it sometimes it's hard to jumpstart and get back to where you were. Yeah, you know, we'll just have to see what happens. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, the good news, not to spend too much time on the Olympics, is the Panthers will have a bunch of guys in the Olympics. So at least guys will be ready to go. Yeah, is that good too? I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah who knows? Like, yeah, uh, there's a whole lot of what ifs. Mm-hmm. Um, Wouldn't be great if Barkov tested positive and had to spend three weeks in China. Right, right. That would be unfortunate. Uh, I, I, I do think there's a little bit of room for improvement on the penalty kill as well. Uh, in the month of November, they've been below average in pretty much every stat you can imagine, and uh, 24th in terms of goals against per minute. So it's not just the power play. The penalty kill is creaking a little bit, though not to the similarly horrific extent. And uh, I am curious what they but might But it's try. much better than it was last year. Yeah. Yes. And let's not forget, the beginning of the month, he didn't have Lundell in there, who's become a very good – uh, he's been a terrific penalty killer and he wasn't in there early in the month. So. Oh yeah. Lindell's been phenomenal. And, and now, and, and now there's no Barkov in it. <laughs> and now Barkov's right, right, right. So. I've been so happy with Lindell so far. I mean, we, we could spend entire episodes gushing over him, but the fact that he came in and played all situations basically from the get go, like when that first game that he was on the PK, I, I remember being a little surprised, but understanding. And then he was good on it. And oh, what a what a sight to see! <laughs> yeah, you know, it's fun. Was watching is watching Barkov and Lundell when they're together. Yeah, yeah. they that's, look like the same. Ex- they look like they look like they've been choreographed. Like they're doing dance. They do the exact same thing. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable watching those two. It's like you know, it's like a Broadway show. Mm-hmm. Like those guys are gonna you know be out there at halftime of the Super Bowl dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and they were roommates. Oh my god, and they, they were, were roommates. roommates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you are. So maybe they yeah. maybe they were practicing their moves in the driveway. I th- I think the one thing analytically to point to where Lundell has been remarkably successful is if you look at his zone starts at five on five, he's consistently the player that is most counted upon in the defensive yeah. zone. He missed four games of the season where a bunch of the forwards have played all 21 games. And right. he's still the player that has the most defensive zone starts on the team. Yeah, he's always and out he's, there. you know, positive in every possession stat, every expected goal stat is plus minus is positive. And, you know, he's putting up points here and there. The points have dried up a little bit, but that uh, Verhage, Lundell, Reinhardt line is just kind of snake bitten in general, other than Verhage, who every like, 40 minutes or so is like, all right, I'm going to go through every player on the ice and score an amazing goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good for Verhege. You know, he was a little snake bit in the beginning of the year. He never lost his confidence though. I think we've seen players, you know, when they're, they're getting a lot of chances and, you know, the old ad, Oh, at least I'm getting the chances, you know, but you know, you, you still see guys go through those, those dry spells and, 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 and the rest of their game suffers. It, it really did with, with Verhage. And, and, and now, you know, everything he's touching really is going in. So he's, he's on one of them hot streaks. Yeah, I, I think while Sasha Barkov is out, uh, the Verhege-Lundell-Reinhardt line is the official line of the Panther Puri podcast. Uh, I, I don't think we have a choice but to, but to name no, that line no, uh, in not. that way. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, George, the other, the other big story coming out recently is that Ryan Lomberg extension. Uh, Lomberg's been a very solid player for the Panthers in, uh, in his short but sweet tenure here so far. Definitely deserved uh, that, that little extension. What's, what's the thinking behind that? Uh, that two years, we, it's, it's shy of a million AAV, which is great. Yeah. Uh, it's an extremely low risk deal. So what's what 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 uh, what did the coaching staff and the management see from Lomberg that uh, that decided to give him that two years? Well, you need those kind of players, right? I mean, you need those kind of glue guys, um, guys that are always, you know, bringing the energy, um, you know, showing a little bit um, when they're on the ice. I think every time Lomberg for better or worse is on the ice. You notice him. I mean, he's creating, he's tracking pucks. He's, he's creating breakaways. Um, you know, one of these days, one of those breakaways is going to go in, but you know, um, he's always doing something and, and, you know, he's out of the lineup for a week, week and a half, he gets in the game and boom, Lomberg, 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 Lomberg. And, you know, that's what Andrew Burnett said. He goes, you know, last year he didn't play a whole lot. His first game back, you notice him and, and, and his, you know, you can't take him out of the lineup. Eventually you do because eventually things go stale and you need to change, make some changes and get someone else, uh, give someone else a chance. Uh, maybe that can produce some offense, but you know, I like Lomberg. I think the, the money was right. He wanted to stay here. He's a guy that, you know, wasn't drafted, was given a tryout in Calgary impressed them so much. They signed him to the minor league team and, you know, he's kind of worked his way up um throughout his career and, and now he's getting an opportunity in florida and is uh doing a real good job with it and again for for the money he's a great depth player yeah. he's going to be on your 23-man roster whether you know so whether he plays or not doesn't cost you i, I think it's a great signing and again he's he's as popular a guy as there is on the <laughs> team in the room and you and you know how the fans feel about him and you need those kind of guys. He brings a spark and, and you yeah. don't know what it's going to be, but sometimes you need a guy like Lomberg if you're down three to one or something to, to, to get you back into things. Yeah. And let's certainly not forget Ryan Lomberg noted overtime hero in the playoffs yeah. last season. <laughs> yeah. And unbelievable. <laughs> I remember talking to Joel Quinville about it and he was shaking his head. He's like, it was just, the, the timing of it, just this, the way he, he, you know, a gamer right there, you know, a guy that just doesn't score, doesn't do a whole lot, but the little things and, and, and it paid off in a big way in overtime game three. Yeah. It, it's kind of great how we're seeing this offensive depth with the Panthers and, you know, guys are out of the lineup and they're able to slot guys in both bottom six and top six caliber players and you really haven't seen too much of a drop-off from the five-on-five offense. Uh, the one thing we are seeing, though, is the Panthers' lack of defensive depth is really going to be tested over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Forsling is now on IR. You mentioned Nudavara is out, all, probably out for the year. You know, the bottom, the, that number six role is kind of, you know, rotated through uh, Carlson, Kierstad, Connaughton. Uh, what's the plan now that Forsling is out? And can you give us anything other than uh, the, 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 the company line of week to week and how long Forsling is going to be out for? No, we don't know anything because we're not in the room anymore. So you don't get to saddle up the players and find out what's wrong. You don't get to see guys walking through the room and you don't get any of that stuff. So you, we have to take these guys at their word. We didn't see anything happen to them. Something happened in the game, apparently, according to Bruno. Something happened in the third period. He played through it. Um, 
you know, he played the whole third period, but, uh, you know, so you have to think it's a groin. Uh, so, you know, give him some time off, you know, this gives Matt Kierstad an opportunity. This gives Lucas Carlson and, and, you know, maybe some additional exposure based on the pairings today at practice. Those two are going to go is the, is the five, six tomorrow with Connaughton, uh, scratched if that holds. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. But the, the plan is and always was, you know, uh, Zito's going to add defensemen at the deadline. Um, they're, they're, you know, they, they're going to have some money to spend at the deadline right now. They with, with the two guys on, on, on long term IR in in um, in, in uh, what do you call it? in Nudavara and Achari. You've got about two and a half, three million dollars under the cap, which they didn't have before. So, they, you know, who knows? They might go after a. A mid-level, you know, bottom four defenseman for depth. If there's somebody out there, um, I would think if they make a move, that's the move they make. They got plenty of forwards uh, both here and in Charlotte. So I would think that that's the move. And, uh, you know, time's on their side again. But mm-hmm. I, I always said Florida is going to try and fix the defense at the trade deadline and try and pull off a Montour type move. Mm-hmm. Two questions for you. One, I've been really impressed with Lucas Carlson. I think he's been my favorite of the guys that has played next to Brandon Montour on the third pairing this year. What's your opinion hmm. of him? Do you share my like optimism? And I second, played- sorry. Yeah. No. Second question is, do you think that there's an appetite for Zito to maybe acquire somebody sooner than the trade deadline now that there's injuries hitting the back line? Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think that's why that's why you put guys on LTIR. Um, so you have that flexibility, so you can make some of those moves. Um, you know, I, I don't think you needed to put Mark uh, Navarra on long term unless you needed to use his money. So you know, I, I think if there's a, there's a you know a good fit out there, he goes for it. Um, I, I don't know what's out there. We're like again, we're only at the quarter pole, so there's only about five teams out there that you could probably deal with and something like that. Or maybe somebody gets waived trying to go down to the minors and you figure you've got enough time to give them a tryout. So um, we'll have to see. But, but you know, if there's a move coming, it's going to be there. And then yeah, as far I, as Carlson, what's your been? Sorry, oh, like Carl, yeah, yeah. I thought his first couple games were really good. Um, he was noticeable in a – positive way um you know you saw him up in the play you saw him playing late in games so he was getting a lot of defensive responsibility in close games so they feel pretty good about the way he's playing um but you know I know they they feel you know they they know Connaughton a lot better so I think when it came down to being more comfortable they go to Connaughton so they're I think they're going to give him another chance tomorrow and and see if he can build on what he already did um, and again, we'll just, we'll see what happens, but, you know, sometimes coaches just get comfortable with people. They know cannot, and he's been here, you know, for the past year and a half or whatever veteran guy. He's got 500 games in the league. Um, Carlson maybe has a little more talent, but still inexperienced. So, you know, sometimes you rely on that a little bit. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I also just want to point out as far as the Panthers power play struggles have gone, Carlson, has in limited time, sure, but he's actually been a pretty solid presence uh, on the Panthers' power play. Uh, he he leads the team, not just defensemen. He leads the team 
in shot attempts per 60 minutes. He is also uh, second among defensemen uh, on the power play and in expected goals for per 60 minutes. So, I and that's, I, I but, but that's in what, like a minute of play? Come on. Yeah, like do you have the TOI for that? Yeah, yeah it's 68 minutes uh, at – oh, I'm sorry. Are I'm you looking, looking at five on five? Uh, yeah, I thought I was looking at five on four, but I know those numbers do hold uh, at higher yeah. – him on the power play hardly at all so yeah i mean but the the offensive numbers i mean brandon montour has been the high event king for the panthers this year everybody's getting good chances when he's on the ice i mean particularly the panthers but uh i think the offensive numbers have been off the charts when it's uh montour and carlson like uh i think you yeah, sent something oh, i like carlson i i, I do i but yeah. I, I think i think tomorrow he's going with uh with 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 kirstad at least to start but but mm-hmm. maybe they move him around i don't know yeah and i i do believe that when he was in chicago or rockford that they were using carlson on the right sometimes i i'm sure. totally shooting from the hip here so that could be wrong but i believe I, I don't, that was I, the don't case. I don't disagree that he could be on the power play i'm sure he's playing it down mm-hmm. in the um i'm just saying in the few games he's played here i don't think we've seen him at least at least a whole lot but i'm sure he has power play experience you could tell um, he's got that kind of playmaking ability, so I wouldn't have any problem with. It. I just haven't seen him work there or, or do yeah. much. So when you're, you know, might be worth a shot. Me all these stats, I'm like, well, what? What's the total men's? Because yeah, he, he, that's got to be a very small sample size. Yeah, I apologize. Here, I was, I was here. looking at five on five numbers, not yeah, five on yeah, four. yeah. But and still, like I was saying, because he's been playing with Brandon Montour, the offense has been very, very good, but like particularly better with him than Connaughton, which is not a knock on Connaughton. That's just to say Carlson has been surprisingly good. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Kirstead with, with, with Montour. I think they played a little bit last year in the playoffs, but uh, not in the playoffs, but before then um, I know Kirstead didn't play in like the last four or five regular season games, but they did try him together a little bit. And I don't know. I'm sure they're going to be mixing and matching um tomorrow and then probably for the next couple days with with forsling out yeah Yeah, it's true at this point you kind of have to put everything on the table when it comes to your defense now that you've got forsling who was counted to be your number three defenseman out long term well week to week long term who knows with hockey i mean we've seen guys day to day be out for months so hopefully it's not that kind of situation but and if i can get some wins here this week i mean you've got you've got a winnable game tomorrow uh, against Washington, you've got a very winnable game Thursday against uh, the Sabres. You know, you've got St. Louis coming in here at a weird one o'clock start. Then you go on the road. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm sure they want to have their team ready before they go out west because you got St. Louis, Arizona, Colorado coming up um, next week. And, you know, that, that's a little bit of a farther flight from from Charlotte. Yeah. The Sabres kind of were in my crosshairs a little bit today uh, for two reasons. One, they were one of the only teams that was consistently showing up as worse than the Panthers in their power play statistics, which they proved today. <laughs> in two, wanted to see how the Kraken did in their next game because there was a kind of a small consensus that, oh, that's a terrible performance because the Kraken have such a poor record. Though they have put in some really impressive performances in their last few games, uh, they've beaten the Hurricanes, the Capitals, and the Panthers, which are the three best teams in the Eastern Conference. Maybe right. the Leafs would make an argument, but those have been the most consistent teams in the Eastern Conference, and they beat them all. And then tonight, Sabres give up two shorthanded goals, proving that their power play is horrible. 
and the Kraken put up six on them. So they played a very solid game. You know, Buffalo has not been an automatic win like most people thought they would be this year. They've put in some really impressive performances. They've beaten the Oilers. They've, you know, took, taken some bad teams to the woodshed in the way that good teams would. And uh, they won in Pittsburgh, I think, like last week or something like that. They've been an all right team, surprisingly so. Okay. Yeah, they've been okay. But, you know, I think Buffalo is what, what we think they are. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're still, you know, closer, closer to last than, than, than they are, you know, yeah. to, to third. And, I, you know, listen, I mean, that's, yeah, I, I'm never one to, <laughs> to paint rosy pictures. Florida is, is much more talented than the Seattle Kraken there. There's no yes. doubt about lineup should, should not have been held the one goal to Seattle. Although we've seen Chris Drieger do that before they played great in front of Driegs. Um, So maybe, you know, people should have been prepared for that, but the truth is, and I even said that to Br- Burnett, um, you know, when people, how could you lose this? It's like, well, this is a team that just beat Washington and Carolina. They lost to Tampa after, you know, a, a cross country flight. And, and now they, they came back. So, you know, good for Seattle. They've won four of their last five games. Maybe they're starting to put it together. They don't have any stars really on that team. So, you know, they're trying to build, you know, kind of that team effort thing. Uh, so, you know, they, they're going the opposite way of, of, of how Vegas built their team, as we've talked about at length. But, you know, it is what it is. You lose games sometimes. You just lose games. And you ran into a hot goalie who had something to show, and, and uh, Drake showed it. Jake, tell him who Seattle star is. You know, I'm uh, – I think I would have to say that I'm, I'm doing a bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing a As bit. As he's stalling for cooperating. time. I think I would have to say that the star of the Seattle Kraken is none other than our friend Jared McCann. <laughs> Jared McCann, love him. I think he's a very talented player. We all know that. But mm-hmm. if Jared McCann is a star, you know. Speaking of the Sabres game tonight, he uh, put in another two goals, bringing him to yeah, double digits goals. on the season. Yeah, good for him. You know. Wenberg he- has this. I'm looking at the box score now. Yeah, so good Good for McCann. I, I've always liked him. I know, you know, Florida really didn't want to – didn't want to trade him, but they really needed to get, get rid of that Bukestad contract. And he was the casualty of that. And, and then Pittsburgh just lets him go this year, which, you know, didn't make a whole lot of sense, but that was strange. That was yeah. that. He was a surprise. That was a surprise. I was not, I was not expecting to see him be, be I, that's why we, when we talked that day, he was like, Oh, there's trades coming there. You know, there's going to be some kind of stuff coming, you know, where guys are protected or, and then there just wasn't. So. Yeah, that was easily one of the most, if not the most curious decision of the expansion draft. The other being Tarasenko not being protected. And how much do you think Seattle's kind of kicking themselves for not taking Tarasenko considering the start he's had in the season? Yeah, uh, you would, I would get, well, yeah. I mean, I can understand why nobody wanted to trade for him. Yeah. Because salary, you know, same with Eichel. Um, you know, same kind of thing. We Nobody was sure about that shoulder. I guess he played in what, 10 games last year, something like that. So, um, but yeah, I, I was I was surprised. Uh, I was surprised uh, Tarasenko wasn't wasn't left and claimed. But I yeah. but I'm guessing St. Louis gambled on him as well because now, if they're going to trade him, they're going to get something for him. Yes, they will. Now, George, following up on that loss to C- to Seattle, is there yeah. any actual like concern in the room? Because like you go on Panther social media and 
there was a lot of uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth over a loss that I think we all agree should not have happened. Like you don't, you can't lose to Seattle at home second night of a back-to-back or whatever. Like you just can't, but it's like you said, it's one of those things that happened. Is that kind of how the team is looking at it or were they kind of like after that game, like, Hey, no, we need to hit the the tape hard and see what we did wrong because we should not be losing to this team. No, they were all like, you know, they know what they did. I mean, they didn't really put a whole lot of pressure on Drieger. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't I, listen. Panther social media does what it wants. I mean, you know, yeah. they, they, they were up in arms when Florida lost in a shootout to Boston and, and, and you know, <laughs> what, what are you going to do? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, this I mean, is definitely a fan base that does not uh, is not used to handling success yet. It's the NHL teams lose games. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, let me let me clarify something. When you say shootout, what is that? I, I don't think I've heard of that before. Yeah, the shootout. <laughs> Panthers haven't been. Very bad. Yeah, but they've been very good. We got a story coming tomorrow about the wacky history of the Panthers and the Capitals, and it's more than just that twenty game shootout. Mm. No, twenty rounds. Three longest shootouts of Florida Panther history have all come against Washington. Wow. Interesting. That Florida is randomness. So check out tomorrow's story. There's more than that. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of fun history between the Capitals and then the Panthers. They've been they were in the same division mm-hmm. 20 right. years, 23 to 2013. So they, there's been a lot of good moments between those two teams. Florida tried drafting Alex Ovechkin, which isn't in that story, but <laughs> <laughs> it'll always I be a actually, great story i was actually just Cole, telling Cole that story from, the other night i just i just edited it and added some old stuff in it but it's pretty good so anyway the shootout yeah i don't know uh the panthers are what oh and two in the shootout yeah i think that it's only been the two times yeah yeah so you know it is what shootout's it is dumb i don't like but, it but anthony duclair wasn't used it's like okay it's the shootout relax yeah. that's that's the one thing you got to complain about then Oh yeah, I mean we, we spent a lot of time complaining about the power play, but like we're we're nitpicking on this Panthers team at this point. Like they're really yeah. good. I I mean it's well, not nitpicking when the power play is like legitimately close to being the worst in the league. No, you're you're not wrong, TJ. But what <laughs> I'm saying is it's like as a whole, like in the totality of the circumstances, there's not much to really be upset about. Even with a god awful power play, this is a team how many and injuries. Yeah. This is a team that's Do you think at the top of the standings. Be a god awful power play though the rest of the year. Or for the second half of the season, because we're just now at the quarter pool. You know, no, just, it's gonna get better. Like yeah. they'll figure it out. There's too much talent to not figure it out. Oops, so they'll figure it out. Yeah, but it's not like they're just victims of a low shooting percentage on the power play. They yeah, they're they're have they're not, not shooting been good. Yeah. I, I agree. They need to get they need to get pucks on goal. They they're not mm-hmm. doing it. I agree. Put uh, that, go that's ahead. something team does not have a problem with five that i mean that's that's an inherent thing that they do they 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 put plenty of shots on they do a lot of quality shots they just don't do it on the power play yeah people don't forget how to do what they do and in this team right. that's why it's so weird part <laughs> go on the power play and let's not forget they haven't exactly had a whole lot of chances i think they've had three power plays in the last two games so um, you don't get into a big game, into a real rhythm when, you know, like Seattle, I think they had one power play chance. Just yeah. to really like hammer down the disparity here at five on five, the Panthers are the, uh, the fourth best team in the league in expected goals for per 60 minutes and literally the top team in the league at five on five shot attempts for per 60 minutes. 
And just on like Corsi four percentage. Go ahead. On the power play, the Panthers are twenty seventh in the league at shot attempts for per. A lot of it, maybe a lot of that comes in transition too. Forbes yeah, a lot. that's Vince exactly what I was going to say. Florida's, that is true. Yeah, Florida's winning those faceoffs on the power play, and they're just not real good at it cycling the puck around that's in the game. Zone, that's they're very good coming through the zone. Yeah, yeah so, the Panthers are by far one of the best transition teams in the NHL, and that oh yeah, yeah. that I mean, that's that really doesn't matter. A ton of speed up and down the lineup, and so. it's the backbone of their revitalization in the Zito era is this turn to the transition offense. That's true. So you know, maybe you know, maybe lose a faceoff or two and see yeah. what happens. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of losing faceoffs, what an anomaly that Seattle game was. A different team because you know you've got. You know, you've got guys. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, they because yeah, they have. You know, they haven't been very good at bringing the puck up either. So right. They well, get that's bought. been a that's been a flaw with this Panthers team for a long time. Even last year when the power play was good, that their zone entries on the power play were always awful. Yeah. Whether like, and you know, you heard a lot of people blaming the the drop pass, but like every other team in the NHL, every team the in the league pass. does that drop pass, man. It's it's just that for whatever reason, the Panthers are not good at zone entries on the power play. And listen, the last quarter of, this, of last season, the Panthers weren't very good on the power play. So, but they were they were okay on it in the playoffs. Even though Tampa burned them, uh-huh. I think games one and two, Florida actually you know was able to get some power play of their own in, in the in the last four games. So, you know, it's you know we're twenty one games into the season. We'll see what happens. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and the schedule's going to soften up. I mean, six of their next ten are against teams that aren't in the playoff race. Like they've had a tough look schedule. Yeah, look at the look at the teams the Panthers have played. My God, they played yeah. every good team yeah. besides from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've it either was a playoff team last year or you expect to be this year, mm-hmm. like you know, New York and you know New who knows maybe New Jersey. I wasn't even including New Jersey in that net, but yeah, maybe New that, Jersey like they gave them a real test. That was that was a tough one, but they pulled it out. Yeah, New Jersey is yeah. There's there yeah. New Jersey's not a playoff team, but they're two points back of, of Columbus for, for in Pittsburgh. So I, I, I wasn't even counting New Jersey or Detroit, and both of those teams are in the wild card hunt. Twenty something games into the season, whatever. But you know, I mean, we haven't even mentioned Montreal or Ottawa, both of which like are in the conversation for worst team in the league are in this division. And like, we haven't even thought about playing them yet. So there's those matchups coming up and cross your fingers. Those should, should be easy points. If the, the, I mean, no such thing as easy points, CJ. Are the, are the senators really going to improve? Like, I, I don't see it. And, and the and, Canadians bad. Well, but what, when I talk about the schedule, I was counting the Islanders as one of those good teams. And mm-hmm, you know, that's I, true. Yeah. They are not. So let's flip. We'll, we'll add, we'll, uh, We'll trade the Islanders for the uh, for the doubles. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And you know, they're right there too. They're Pittsburgh. right next to each other. You got, you got two against Pittsburgh. You got three points out of them. You know, so you know the third game against Washington that they played already is going to happen tomorrow. It's only been it's only November, and they'll have played Washington three times, and they're the best team in the league. They're the top points percentage points team in the league. That's tough. Yep. So they've 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 had a rough schedule. Two against Tampa. This will be three against Washington. One against Carolina. <laughs> one against the Rangers. You know. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, one day they'll play the Red Wings, the Senators, and the Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's not like they had the easiest time against the Red Wings either earlier this season. That's true, yeah. You, you know, you've got another one against Arizona. You got two against Vancouver. You got two against Chicago. Another one against Seattle, although that's on the road. Yeah, the schedule definitely, yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. Yeah, it's just, it's not time to worry for those of you listening. And it's like, you know, and you were on social media saying, oh, this is a bad loss, bad team. Yes, you're not wrong, bad loss. But like, there yes, are bad losses in the NHL every night. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, look, if you're, if you're old, if you're old like I am and remember the early 2000s, some of those years, like they should have never won more than a handful of games, and yet they still managed, you know, 20 plus wins on the season, you know, because Luongo went God mode. Like these things happen. You don't think there were nights when the Aval- Avalanche, who were the best team in the NHL, played the Panthers and said, How did we lose? Well, of course, it happens. I also yeah. think the Kraken are just like, Okay. Like I don't think they're this bad. I, I think they're going to, and I mean, another win tonight. Like I said, they beat the Capitals, they beat the Hurricanes, they beat the Panthers. They're on a good run right now. And by the end of it, they might be right in the thick of the playoff hunts. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're an okay team. They're nothing special. But, you know, in, in that in that division? It's true, yeah. I mean, I think they're better than the Ducks, who are for some reason way up there in the standings. For Troy some Terry, reason, like, the reason is John Gibson. And also Troy Terry. And also Troy Terry. But I just like giving credit to John Gibson as much as I can. They're both American, so I'll give credit to both. And other players, I'll ignore. Ooh, that, uh, George, since you're kind of a, a hat slash jersey guy, what do you think of these Team USA jerseys? I thought they were awful. Oh, you know what? I haven't even said somebody mentioned that to me the other day. I haven't even, uh, even seen them. They're so bad, George. They're, bring bad. Up, bring, they're not bad. What about, what about, I, I kind of like them. They're just they're soccer jerseys. Yeah, that's what somebody. Somebody had to point that out to me because I really didn't notice why I liked them so much. I guess that's why. They've got to be why you liked them, TJ. (laughs) I mean, I I have never really been a fan of previous USA jerseys, other than the one with like the diagonal lettering that they've worn in like the last few World Juniors. Those are the only USA jerseys that I've really liked. These look more like rugby jerseys, but they yeah they do have (laughs) a soccer feel to them. Just the US. Hey, yeah, these aren't very good. Like, this aren't- isn't difficult. Keep it similar to 1980 and be done with it. Well, okay, the 1980 is iconic, but also let's not look past the 2016 World Cup of Hockey Team USA jerseys because those were also really good. Yeah, that goes bad. along with the diagonal lettering that TJ was talking about. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, there's too much blue because then you've got dark blue and then you get the lighter blue, the royal, the Dodger blue one. Yeah, these aren't good. Yeah. And just they're to clarify, I do mean the, the World Cup of Hockey white jerseys. The Blues aren't as, uh, aren't as nice to me. Yeah, the Blues aren't good. And the Blues that they wore in Sochi were also not good. So point is, give us some combination of the 1980 kits uh, and the, uh, the 2016, specifically the white away, like quote-unquote away, but I don't know. It's weird. The white jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> speaking, speaking of jerseys, are you a fan of the Kraken jerseys, George? Love them. Yeah, they look great. They're fantastic, aren't they? Yeah, they're love beautiful. Them. They're really sharp. My my Jared McCann away jersey came in uh, a week or two ago. Very I haven't cool. worn it in public yet, but 
it's time to rock it with pride now that he has 10 goals. Oh, it's always been time to rock it with pride. I just haven't That's had true. a good, uh, good opportunity. There's never a bad time to wear a Jared McCann. It took me a little while to, to appreciate the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the night, the Vegas Jersey. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, old yeah. is just weird until you walk through casinos in Las Vegas and you see the uh, <laughs> blackjack dealers wearing those gold bands. Just, and I was like, okay, yeah. that touch. They look like white. I got it. I think I got something to, uh, to bring us home with a, a little bit of the parade kind of. Uh, you wrote a story about this, and uh, a lot of people noticed it on Panthers Twitter. On Sunday, uh, we saw Jonathan Huberto, when we didn't expect to, in the front row of the uh, Dolphins game, getting a high five, getting dapped up by Miles Gaskin after they uh, added another touchdown. Uh, Dolphins doing well. What What were you thinking when you saw him in the front row? Uh, I was like, hey, good for, uh, good for Hubie, you know. Supporting the local team, getting out, getting some sun, enjoying some beverages in the nice seats. Uh, you know, I'll never sit in those seats, but good for him. I had a friend who had those seats. They're really, really fun to sit in. Oh, I bet. Yeah, that, that that's a little too fancy pants for me. That you know, those used to be the <laughs> right there, first row in the end zone. Not anymore. Yeah, that was, those are all you can all you can drink, and it's good good alcohol as well, not just beer and wine. Uh, good food and then you know the cheerleaders do a dance like five feet in front of you once a game and that's also nice yeah yeah i guess (laughs) he's in from montreal and they're like hey let's go see some football and he's like yeah of course so apparently he's been to like three games so he uh he's definitely getting i know uh, roberto luongo is the uh the panthers resident football expert but oh yeah he's like a real serious Mm -hmm. fantasy football guy isn't he yes he is yeah yeah, uh, Louis takes that seriously. <laughs> Dolphins, I mean, four wins in a row. They're finally starting to resemble the Panthers with their uh, young group. I mean, Jalen Waddle, what a game. Yeah, he had a good game, too. It looked good. Yeah, so good for the Dolphins. I mean, again, terrible start, digging themselves out of a hole. But, and I heard somebody was bringing brought this up the other day, and I was kind of laughing. He goes, "Ah, oh, it's just like the Dolphins to ruin the draft pick." I was like, "Uh, but they're not—they're <laughs> ruining the Philadelphia Eagles draft pick." And he was like, "What?" Like, yeah, yeah, Philadelphia's got the Dolphins pick. <laughs> up the Eagles. That's all. TJ, maybe uh, like you did with the Heat uh, in preseason, you should do a Panthers players as Dolphins players article for the mm-hmm. website. That's a good idea. Uh, so George, I've also got a pari for you. Uh, the other night, the uh, the Disney Plus Beatles documentary "Get Back" came out. Uh, yeah. are, are you watching that? Are you checking that out? I haven't watched it yet. No, uh, I've been I've been busy with stuff. I had the Browns game last night, but that is something that I'm definitely going to check out for sure. I've heard nothing. Fascinating. I'm almost done with part two. It is fascinating. It's a little yeah. slow at points, but oh, it's uh, very I, cool. I, watch that in fact i should have watched it tonight i was actually watching uh i just was flipping around and they had the the vin scully thing on uh oh yeah network so i was like oh, watch the vin scully tonight <laughs> yeah you i mean you know how all those beatles songs end up sounding so like yeah. as you're hearing them kind of play along and try and get the feel it's so interesting to hear like at what points they start to mold into the songs that we're familiar with it's it's, it's really fascinating to yeah watch. i clip on yesterday and i watched that uh that was like yeah that's pretty good and then you know both 
Ringo and George look bored and then they jump in. <laughs> There's the song. <laughs> that, that's a hit. Yeah, I think I saw the same video. Anyway. This is professional radio broadcasting here, even though we're not on radio. Not it's not professional live. either. <laughs> You're listening to WGPP 97.1. I don't know. What frequency okay. would we be? Where'd Probably you get those 89. letters? But yeah. You guys ever listen to an Islanders broadcast? Yes. Well, yeah, we did on ESPN Plus the other night. Radio. <laughs> the radio broad the radio Islander guy, George, explained like his uh, unique uh, unique presentation. Well, it's not just that; it's just that they're broadcast on uh, on on like a PBS. They're on a college station. Yeah, like so Hofstra or something. But they don't have commercials. Everything's underwritten. This is underwritten by NHL.com. You know, if you ever listen to WVUM. Interesting. You know, listen to a Hurricanes baseball game. They don't have ads. They have, you know, they have spots for their station and for the college, but they don't have like sponsors or anything. So it's a really weird broadcast. Um, I guess that happened like 10 years ago. They couldn't find a radio station in New York that would put their games on. So they went Oof. to the station Ofstra and uh, they do it there. So that's the strangest thing. Like, I don't even think the Panthers have been reduced to that. Like they've always have been able to find someone other it's, you know, 790 or 560 to carry them. Yeah. 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 I thought you were going to bring up that the Islander radio guy has like the squeakiest voice I've ever heard a play-by-play announcer have. Every time the Islanders score a goal, it's like an animated character who just swallowed a balloon full of helium is speaking. It's crazy. (laughs) I like, you know, I like listening, you know, when I'm in the car, listening to different games, but just, it, it just always makes me laugh The you know, the, the underwritten stuff. It just, you know, it's just funny. That's anyway. pretty amusing. Yeah. I can't, I can't disagree. I'm going to have to check out an Islanders radio broadcast. Yeah. I don't think I've ever the car listened to the Islanders on the radio because I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, I used to be in New York and I would go to Islander games all the time and they would pump in some of the uh, radio play-by-play of the highlights and, I would get exposed to it then. I was like, Jesus, this is like a feeble from whatever that series was called. I can't remember. Five goes west. Yeah, Bible. that's the one. Bible. <laughs> that's what he sounds like. It like I'm gonna have to pump in something. Cause like this this man's voice Palmieri, right is red, ridiculously high. Kyle Palmieri sends it near corner. Pajot to Palmieri, right of the Pittsburgh next shoot. He scores! Kyle Palmieri! Oh, goodness, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm not. This, this is the most actually. parade that we've gone in a while. Yeah, it is, and we still haven't even talked about crime and punishment. And I don't think we ever will. Oh, I think that's just going to be hanging over. Yeah, the- at this point, I feel like crime and punishment kind of ran its course. It's still a fascinating documentary. Oh, if you haven't watched it, and I'm referring to just the listeners out there. It's definitely worth your time. What it a absolutely is. what a crazy documentary. But oh as my. far as like the public zeitgeist goes, I think it's kind of that's true. Yeah, side sidelined at this point. Um, but, Alex, you know what's not Did you have, uh, did you okay. have Paris? Um, I, I had something, but just like earlier, I forgot. I'm old. I've got dad brain now. We'll we'll get back gotta, to it eventually. Gotta kick the habit, Alex. Well, you know what's still in the zeitgeist though. Florida hockey now and all its excellent content. George, why don't you tell us? Uh, you told us a little bit about what's in the oven right now. Anything else that you're working on that we should know? 
Well, we, uh, we've got the uh, the story about the Capitals coming out tomorrow. We've got a uh, yeah, we got a bunch of stuff. I mean, listen, I mean, we're we're cranking out the 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 content uh, three you know some days five stories a day. I mean, so I don't know. I, I I can't push it any more than I'm pushing it, and you know I'm preaching to the choir on this 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 <laughs> on this station. Trust me. So I mean, everybody that's listening in probably subscribes. So True. I, yeah. And I appreciate that, but yeah, we're, we're working, man. I got Colby doing a lot of good stuff and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's been helping me out a lot and, you know, we're just, we're just trying to, to, to cover this team like a blanket and, um, you know, they're, 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 you know, it's just so tough now. I mean, I'm not getting the little stories that I used to get, but we're getting the big ones. So, um, we're having a good time. FloridaHockeyNow.com. Come check us out. And then George, since you know oh, every video oh, sorry. thing, right? Yeah, come check out the YouTube channel, Florida Hockey. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Let's, oh, let's yes. post that in the description for the episode because I I know you've been pump, pumping those out lately, and yeah, uh, it's been tough to have you guys on. We could do this Zoom stuff. On, yeah, it'd be fun. That's true. Yeah, we can record video on Zoom. Yes, yeah, we we'll put we'll have to put that on our our YouTube channel that we've never used sometime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah it's going good and uh now i do remember what i wanted to ask you george since every basically media former media and any fake insider in south florida has had to take uh what inside information can you give us about the university of miami head football coaching search slash ad search because everyone's got a take right now yeah everybody's got a take i think you know lsu being filled today that 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 probably helps uh you know i don't think billy napier was coming here um, I, I don't even know if he's a good fit for Miami. So, you know, Miami hasn't lost any of its targets yet. Um, I, I would think that, that, that Lane and, and Mario are the two top targets, right? Lane yeah. is such a you guy. Like he would be such I, a good I, fit. I, I, I'd be fine with either. If Mario wants to come home, Mario comes home. And if not, <laughs> go get, because, you know, I think, I think both of them would, would, would add a lot of energy they both can recruit this this area as well as anybody. I mean, some of the kids that, that Lane's been getting to, to Mississippi would, would be great for the Canes. And, um, you know, I, I think those are the two targets. But those guys both have stuff going on. And I think if, if we haven't heard Lane coming yet because all they've got left is a bowl game, then I, I think they're waiting on Mario because he's got a championship game to coach. Yeah, that's clearly plan A. Uh but yeah, I, I just think, figured we'd throw that out there just because, like I said, everyone, like you're seeing guys who haven't even been in uh, radio or news for, for years now spitting insider information because it seems like the human board of trustees, they're all just looking for people to drop info to. So I'm like, eh, maybe George <laughs> has got someone that's, yeah. uh, that's trying to get their story out there. I, I've just been hearing the same stuff everybody's been hearing. And, you know, we'll have to say, I mean, Napier would have been the up and coming guy that you go after, right? Eh, he's overrated. He's going to be a disaster at UF. That's not uh, a homer uh, take. Alex all. is Alex is jealous. Alex I, I, is jealous. He'll be he'll be just fine at, at Florida. He's, yeah. he's he's a solid coach. He's not a you know he's not a goofball. He he recruits. No, not at all. I mean he's he's going to be good there. So mm-hmm. you know my match. Yeah, and I mean Cristobal and Kiffin would both be really good hires for the YouTube. But uh, as a Gator fan, I am happy that they got Napier. He seems like. There, yeah. There's a pretty good upshot that he could be the coach for the next 25 years because he's like 45 years old or something. 
Yeah, he doesn't seem to be an NFL type guy. I mm-hmm. mean, the change, who knows? But he does seem to be the right fit. Mm-hmm. And people that have listened this far in, they're pretty much pot committed. So let's keep it going. George, you're an Ohio guy. What the heck happened to Ohio State this weekend? Uh, listen, I, you know they, you know they couldn't protect the quarterback. They couldn't get the running game going. Um, and Michigan just seemed like they wanted it more. I mean, you know, after all these years of just getting ragged on and ragged on and last year's game got canceled um, and, and, you know, a high state basically ragged on them for that, for the COVID outbreak, um, you know, at some point, you know, the tide turns, right? I mean, you know, you can't win them all. And I think Ohio State's won 17 in the last 20. So um, eventually it was going to turn, but yeah, I just, you know, good for Michigan. That was a, that was a nice win for them. And, you know, I thought Ohio State, and it, it, it's a shame if, you know, for the Buckeyes, for those Buckeye fans listening, you know, because this would have been a good opportunity for them. Um, I think they probably would have been in the championship game against Georgia. Let me tell you how devastated I am for any Ohio State fan who's listening. You I'm ain't. not even playing a world's smallest violin for you because I hate <laughs> you guys. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Kyle. Yeah. So, shout out yeah. to Kyle. A tough game for the Bucks, and uh, I don't know. We could see we could have some wild results this week, but again, listen. If Oregon, Oregon's got two losses, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're not going to make the playoff, even if they win the, the even if they win the Pac-12 championship. So we should probably know about that Monday or Tuesday, right? Yeah, I mean, we're we're potentially looking at a situation now that the Notre Dame job is open and Luke Fickle is the quote unquote favorite, where Cincinnati has an interim head coach for their playoff game. That's how wild this offseason has. It's not even the offseason yet. That's how wild this coaching no, carousel I, has been. Be an interim. I think he'd go to Notre Dame and still coach Cincinnati. I mean, yeah. Well, but that's what I'm saying. It's like you've got a, you've got your head coach in the playoff, like doing split duty because he'd have to recruit and all of that stuff. Like it's just how wild this all is right well, now. It makes the playoff. What if, you know, they could still yeah, make it. Yeah, they could it. still get it. Yeah, what if Notre Dame gets in without a head coach? Because I think Brian Kelly already said he's going. Yeah, I mean, that that is that would be wild that he's going to LSU. No, but I mean, like, he's going immediately. Like, he's not coaching another game for Notre Dame. <laughs> Man, college football is something else. It, it really is. Well, it's that new early signing period. The, you know, you got to get boots on the ground. You got to be there. I mean, you, you, you can't, you know, wait till January to start recruit you know you can't wait for that february you got to get everybody signed by december so if you're brian kelly if you you know you got to be here but i would think if you get a guy like lane kiffin or mario cristobal a lot of those guys would just come with you they would I think be- lane would do all of his recruiting from a yacht <laughs> look he, he hey. knows this area and he like he sold it so well when he was at fao like it was perfect yeah, yeah, but those, he was recruiting a lot, a big, a different, different kind of player. I mean, yeah, I, I just thought the branding was just immaculate, and you know, he's the the kind of guy he does not give an f, so he's going to be perfect for the U if he if yeah. he is able to uh, get that if they're able to bring him in. There's there's an f u joke to be made in there, but I'm not totally sure what it is. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to let that go and come back to it when there's no longer context for it. <laughs> What's going on with FIU? Anyway, they're a disaster of a program. Yeah. I mean, did you? They, they were using ten-year-old helmets that were used from Mississippi State. Like, 
Are you I heard kidding that me? Was, that was nonsense. So. Okay. I think that the Panthers of uh, the hockey variety stole all their wins. <laughs> and when they switched that, you know, they were the Golden Panthers. Now they want to be known. Did you know that they want to be, they, when they call touch, they call it the touchdown Florida Panthers? Wow. I, 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 they don't I mean, even want, yeah, they huh. like, that, that, but that's what's his name, the AD, and he's gone. So it was yeah, just, Pete Garcia. Yeah. So F- FIU fans, we feel your pain. Kind of, not really. Not so really. I, still, I still say FIU should change to Miami State University and just be that would be funny. Way. I would appreciate <laughs> that. that. Or just State of Miami University. Can, they, can, they change their, uh, can they change their team name to Cafecito instead of Panthers? Oh my God. Go all out. Yeah, come on. That, that's got to be the title of this podcast. We, we've rebranded the FIU Golden Panthers. I'm going to put yeah. that in the description. Golden Panthers? Yeah. Okay, that's right. They're not the Golden something? Panthers anymore. They used to be the Golden Panthers. Now they're just the Panthers. When were they the Golden Panthers? Forever. Right. We just talked about this. Stop heart, Stop soft resetting. To so those of you that are game. still listening, please know that you are God's strongest soldiers. <laughs> Yeah, we really rambled at the end of this. The only golden team, college, Florida college team that I know of that removed. Uh, did UCF even remove the golden? I'm not, yes, I they're not just the Knights. They used to be the Golden Knights. Right, because I remember tweeting when the Vegas Golden Knights became a thing that it's a good thing that UCF changed their name because they were already wrapped up uh, with with Army for taking for trying to name themselves the Black Knights. Yeah, I think it's bad. You should go back to being the Sun Blazers, but hey, I'm old school. <laughs> and now we've really taken up way too much of your time, George. Yeah, no, I think I think now we're back before I even lived in the state. <laughs> yeah. It was a long, long time. Let's take ago. it all the way back to conception. It's back when they were like Division Two, and all they had was a soccer team. Man, oh man! I didn't know that, that was ever a thing. Look it up. That I mean, this. Oh, I trust you, George. <laughs> I mean, this, this city's got a rich history of names. I mean, the Miami Floridians basketball, the Miami Matadors, the Miami Manatees, like just so many great Miami names. Miami Fusion, don't forget. Yeah, who could forget the Fusion? Carlos Valderrama, baby. Never played a game in Miami. <laughs> Miami Marlins, the Miami Orioles. Miami, Miami Orioles? Yep, they were the, the Miami Marlins were the Miami Orioles for like seven eight years they were a really good single a team wow then they went back to being the marlins god carlos valderrama's hair yeah he had majestic hair it was fantastic go ahead valderama he played in tampa didn't he i thought he was on the fusion i don't remember who knows? I'm not even a soccer guy. I don't know. I Fair enough. Was- yeah, I just the fusion, I think, is just uh, the brand is so strong that it just lives on. He played for both Miami and Tampa. There you go. Oh, there. He went there from go. Tampa for two seasons to Miami for two seasons and back to Tampa for another three. The Tampa Bay Mutiny? How do I know that? That is correct, George. Because the the uh, iconography is now so uh, so retro, even though it was only like early 2000s late 90s hey tj remember when we almost got stabbed by a tampa bay rowdies fan <laughs> what the hell we is are, going on we are really podcast? going <laughs> off the rails now so I, I think that we might need to wrap it also we not did nasl games are crazy we did not almost get stabbed we uh we like kind of stared at some rowdies fans from about 25 feet away 
who had a knife. Did he have a knife? I don't think I made up that we almost got stabbed. I might have exaggerated that story, but I don't think I made up the existence. George, of thank you very much for giving up way more of the time than you probably should have. I thought we were going to talk about the strikers rivalry. With, let's uh, let's talk about now. I, I think yeah, it was it was at a strikers rowdy's game, and yeah. we were on the strikers supporter side. R.I.P. Strikers. Yeah. Until next time, thank you, George. Everybody, subscribe Good. to FHN and uh, the YouTube channel also. That one's free, so if you're not subscribed to that, you don't have an excuse. And until next time, we've been Panther Paris. For Jake and Alex, go Gators. Screw you guys. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.